everyone. I'm Yasmin Nori, and you're listening to the Behind Her Empire podcast. I'm on a mission to showcase successful self-made women who share honest stories and lessons of what it really takes to create the life you want and build your own empire. Normally each week, I feature a game-changing interview with a pioneering female entrepreneur. This week, however, we're mixing things up by featuring our first ever mini episode. Mini episodes feature a mashup of past interviews and focus on a specific theme or topic. This week's theme is all around imposter syndrome. Speaking with so many successful female entrepreneurs, I can assure you that if you've ever felt imposter syndrome, you're definitely not alone. Personally, I've been there many times, even when I was starting this podcast, I can remember being preoccupied with questions like, am I really qualified to interview these successful women? Or there's so many podcasts out there. Does a world really need another one? And even will people care about what I even have to say? These questions are all related to imposter syndrome, which is defined as an internal experience of believing that you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. Coming back to my story, sure, I've never done a podcast before, but talk to anyone who knows me and they will always say that I'm such a naturally curious person and I'm always asking questions. And the truth is, is that I truly felt like I had something to say. I'm so thankful for all the other podcasts out there, but I felt like I wanted to hear a different type of interview and feature a diversity of guests. Even though imposter syndrome is something we all go through, it's important to not get stuck there. That's why I'm so excited to share some advice on this topic from three of our most popular interviews from the past. Let's jump into today's mini episode by listening to Lee Mayer, founder of Havenly, a leader in the online interior design category. Lee has a thriving startup, has raised over $50 million, and is also a graduate of Harvard Business School. I hope you can see that if she's dealing with imposter syndrome, it's totally okay that you are as well. Let's listen in. Imposter syndrome for me is predates certainly starting this company. I've always felt like, um, like even going back to like college, I always felt like I was the admissions mistake. Like I was the one that they like, they like, I like somehow snuck in under the wire, you know, like same thing with jobs. I'm like, Ooh, man, did I bamboozle them? Or like, you're like, Oh, you know, did I, um, do they know that I'm here? Do they know that they accept me? You know, like I can't, I've always had that. Um, and I, I think, you know, as I've talked to many many women and even men, I think men have this as well, but I, I find it incredibly prevalent in women where we're sort of like, oh my goodness, like, I'm not sure that I belong here. Like, I don't know if I belong in this room. Um, and I think that that actually impacts, honestly, our ability to stomach some of the naysayers, right? Because when you, when you feel that way, when someone's like, um, no, your company is definitely not going to make it. Or like, you're definitely not going to succeed versus this other person. You're, you internalize it. You're like, oh yeah, I'm not going to. And then, you know, and the, and the thing is about things like entrepreneurship is it's, again, it's like your ability to every day bring everything you have to the table in the morning. And if every naysayer sort of takes a little bit of pep out of your step, it really makes an impact. 
it means that you're not showing up for your team. It means that maybe you're not putting your all into pitches. It means maybe you're not like focusing in the same way. And it's, it's a real thing. I really do think it creates a drag on performance and in particular performance of, of early entrepreneurial teams. And so, you know, again, like as I've been more open about this, I mean, by the way, first of all, we all think it's just us. Like it's not just us. A hundred percent of people feel this way at some point in their life, right? Yeah, this a thousand is, percent. You're like, Unless you're like a total narcissist and that's like a different story. Um, (laughs) You really like pretty much everyone has felt this way at some point. And so as I've started to talk about it more openly, I realized that it wasn't me. Like it's not, I wasn't the only person sitting there being like, I'm the admissions mistake. Like, you know, a hundred to a thousand other people were probably sitting there in that same room being like, oh my goodness, like I'm the admissions mistake. Um, And so I I continue, honestly, it's, it's not, it's not something I think you grow out of, but I do think you can acknowledge you know, at this point in time, I've come to a point where like, I can name it and acknowledge it and even talk openly about it. And I find that what it gets me is um, a lot of people sort of coming into that space with me. And, and that helps, right? It helps me understand that the imposter syndrome is not unique to me, that everyone feels this way. And it makes me feel more normal. And it makes me feel like I'm, I'm okay. And maybe I'm not an imposter. And maybe I'm not the admissions mistake. Um, you know, and so, and so it definitely like, I'm glad I'm more open about it. Because um, it's definitely helped me sort of center myself in a different way. One thing that many people struggle with in their journey to build their own empire is distinguishing between genuine fear that needs attention and fear of expansion. Fear of expansion, as our next guest shares with us, is a fear of growing beyond our own immediate comfort zone. And as you'll see, this is directly connected to imposter syndrome. Let's listen to Susie Batiz, who's best known as a founder of Poopery and one of Forbes' wealthiest women in America, talk about how her mentors helped her understand and process fear. Actually, you know, someone just called me yesterday, some, a family member, and they're like, you know, can you help me walk through the difference in fear? Like, how do I know if I'm afraid because I'm excited and I'm expanding or if I'm afraid because it's a bad idea? And I have a general rule that my teachers, Gay and Katie Hendricks, taught me is that um, a fear that is a no is a really deep thump in my belly. Like it's a it's, it's like a weight, like somebody put a bowling ball in my stomach right above my pelvis. It's it's really dense and pretty gross when I tune into it. Right. And a fear of expansion is kind of up in my chest and I kind of smile and I'm sweaty and I'm like, oh my God, I'm terrified. But the whole time, you know, I'm having a different reaction in my body. So that's the first thing. Um, Well, that's the second thing. Let's go back to the first thing you should do is look around. My mentor, Gay Hendricks, taught me this, is that our brains are programmed for fear and survival, but we're not programmed for abundance, love, and joy. So if you have to think about where we came as a species, we are competition, we are programmed to take everybody out and to just survive, right? We are going to be one of the strongest. Um, And with that comes a lot of fear. We're going to die. If we're not the strongest, we're going to die. So that is literally, I hate to tell you or not, you are conditioned like that from a very young age. Um, But that particular, so you have to look around and number one, be smart. Is there really anything to be terrified of? For example, if you're afraid about finances, if I'm ever afraid about money, I call my CFO and I'm like, hey, 
I feel something. I feel scared. Well, let's let's talk about this. Is there something I need to be scared about or aware of? He'd be like, no, you're great. And I'm like, okay, some weird random fear. So first of all, is there a real problem or a real danger? If there's not, then it's probably just a aversion to expansion. So you just need to look at whatever that is, you know, and do some inner work on that um, and realize that any time, any time that you are moving into a greater state of being, you're going to be afraid. Like that's just part of it. You know, if, if you're not afraid, then you're not, you know, that whole do something that you're scared of every day. Well, the truth of that is if you want to keep expanding and growing, you're going to do stuff that puts you on the edge. Once we understand that imposter syndrome is a theme that everybody deals with, the next thing we have to do is understand our own individual relationship with it. In our next clip, Karen Eldad, a world-class executive coach, talks about the different forms of imposter syndrome and practical tools we can use to combat it. Let's listen in. Well, let's talk about imposter syndrome. And let's talk about why overachievers are actually more likely to suffer from imposter syndrome. By the way, statistically, women and minorities are far more likely to experience imposter syndrome, according to the research, which started in the 70s as a first experiment on women and women's feelings about what imposter syndrome is. So let's talk about what imposter syndrome is first and foremost. Imposter syndrome is against, in stark contrast to all the evidence in your life showing you the exact opposite, that you are good, you are successful, and you are killing it, you still have this nagging feeling underneath of being a fraud, of being found out, of not being good enough. That is what imposter syndrome is. Therefore, you are thinking like an imposter. An imposter thinks like nothing is ever enough, thinks in scarcity. For those who have had any access to Tony Robbins or any form of coaching, scarcity mindset is to believe that the resources are finite, we're all competing for them, and therefore I either have enough or don't have enough, but no matter what, another person having more is a problem for me. The opposite of this is the non-imposter mindset. And there's enough for everybody. I'm doing great, I'm doing my best. This is in stark contrast to those who live in extreme bravado of believing that you're actually way better than you actually are. That's always flexing a muscle. That's overcompensation. You can smell it a mile away because it's very invulnerable. Overachievers in general are constantly trying to achieve. They're in pursuit. So of course, imposter syndrome is going to factor in. And it's going to factor in in four different ways. So for those out there who don't like the word imposter and automatically think it doesn't apply to you. Let me talk about the four ways in which imposter syndrome does show up and you're likely to actually experience it. The first form of imposter syndrome is know-it-all syndrome, know-it-all-itis. I know, I got this, you don't need to teach me anything new, I am already at the top of my game, peace out. That is imposter syndrome because it doesn't allow for any humility, for any learning. The only reason It's exhausting is because you have to flex that muscle all the time. Do you know how hard it is to constantly look like you've got your stuff together? I do not understand how any of these people on Instagram who are constantly perfect don't like freak out the second they're discovered because no one's got it all together. That's ridiculous. The second form, and it's very common in overachievers, is perfectionism. Perfectionism is not a cool, humble brag that we use at interviews. It's actually a very difficult mental state. The mental state that believes that there is some measuring stick out there and we gotta line up with that measuring stick. We have to beat that measuring stick. And if we don't beat it, we are worthless. We will be such bullies towards ourselves. 
We will beat ourselves up for not being the right weight, for not hitting the right achievement, for not being on the Forbes 40 under 40. A crime against humanity, of course. This is a very, very intolerable state as well because the perfectionist is terrified of not being perfect and is constantly working to perfect the self. Imposter syndrome. The third form of imposter syndrome is defeatism. A little likely in overachievers, believe it or not. Defeatism is analysis paralysis. I have too many choices and I can't choose because if I choose the wrong one, I will make a mistake. So really defeatism is about the fear of making a mistake. The fear of, I won't even start, I can't do it. I can't reach that level of success, so I won't even try. To the defeatist, all you have to start to understand is that success takes many forms and you are a body of improvement and it's okay, just get started, just try. It's another form of perfectionism, by the way. It's just a little bit more melancholy. And the fourth, and this is my favorite, is workaholism. Workaholics are also suffering from imposter syndrome because if you didn't, why the hell are you working so hard? It's because your real deep down belief is that if you don't work so hard, you'll either have to face whatever you need to face in your life or everything will go to crap. This is not true. If you have a stable and solid business, you can take a month off easy. Nothing's going to happen. You could take your 500,000 followers away tomorrow. I'd still be Coach Karen. I'd still have my, my ability to coach, my ability to do this work, my knowledge. My leverage did not start yesterday. For all of these, there are many different solutions, but I'd like to offer two. The first is realize how much leverage you have. Really spend time appreciating your leverage. You did not start working, start doing, or start being yesterday. You have done a few wonderful things. Do not forget that. Don't let recency bias, the bias we have towards the last thing that happened to us or this tiny sliver in time, collapse your magnificent achievements over the course of a lifetime or the arc of history. And the second is kind of morbid, but it's great. It's reflect on your mortality a little bit more. My very good friend Gigi died when we were 37. My friend Anne Cecile died recently. She was 39. This is terrifying stuff, but it's really helped me focus on we are not promised tomorrow. None of us is. And that's a beautiful thought because every day, therefore, is a gift. So why live it being freaked out about anything? My favorite part about hosting this podcast is that I get to remind women all over the world that they are not alone. The challenges they are going through on their path to success is something we all deal with. Working through and bringing awareness to our own imposter syndrome is challenging, but it's such an important part of our growth. When we don't let imposter syndrome get in the way, we're much more likely to achieve our goals and our dreams in life. I hope you enjoyed our first mini episode today. And if you want to hear more from Lee, Susie, and Karen, check out the show notes to listen to their full episodes. And if you like this episode, please leave a review or even better, share it with another woman who might find it helpful on her path to becoming the best person that she can be. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you again next week. Bye.